The following is an archive podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled The Doodash Bridge of Bastards Invitational. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Welcome to the Doodash Bridge of Bastards Invitational, live at the Dubai Pepsi Dome, formerly known as the Flaming Sword of Retribution Training Grounds and Esports Center in beautiful Dubai, United Arab Emirates. We got a 4v4 match of Bridge of Bastards today, one of the very first professionally set up tournaments, and we got two great teams here today. The Super Monkey Pirates and the TurboTax All-Stars will be going head-to-head. I am joined by two great other shoutcasters, my good friends Synaptical and F. Gump. Guys, how are you doing today? Well, Recliner, I'm very excited to be here. This is a big game today. Two great teams, SMP and TTA. Big fan of these teams, North America versus Europe. Got a lot of great players here today in beautiful Dubai, and it's going to be pretty intense. So see what happens. You know, I, I started my gaming career playing Game of War, uh, kind of famously won the first Kate Upton Classic. And since then, I've been really into these sort of mobile games rather than maybe the more conventional esports out there. Uh, but, uh, you know, last year... I won this uh, very event, and I'm, I'm interested to see how the metagame has changed since then. Because like I, bridges are getting wider these days. You wouldn't expect a wide bridge to be defendable, but with all these new uh, you know, trebuchets and the like, it actually pays off to have a wide bridge. So I think that the game is evolving so fast. I can't wait to see where today's uh, gamers take this. And not only talking about you know the evolution of the metagame itself, but the evolution of the eSport here, you were going at it for a little bit more money than you were going at it for last year. That's right. The winning team is going to take home $1 million. Oh, man. You guys think they're excited to put it all on the line for a milli? Uh, I know I would be. Well, well, Recliner, I had a chance to talk to a few of the, the players today before the match begins. And, you know, coach of SMP, Holy Lobster, was telling me that these guys have been training for months and they've been in rigorous regimens every day, waking up at 5 a.m., going to sleep at 5 a.m., and playing Bridge of Bastards every day, all day long. And, you know, the meta has changed yeah. because they know that on the line is a million dollars. Well, ever since they were bought by Craig Colin Ding, whose father you may know as owning Hubba, the Chinese equivalent of Tinder, he has sunk lots of money into salaries. I mean, the salary of, you know, S&P alone is 1.2 million a year. Uh, these guys have had huge expectations on them ever since they, you know, have been bought. And what some say is the best player in the world, Yumstack, will be calling the shots for S&P today. Uh, F Gump, how do you feel about Yumstack? You played against him in the past, correct? Oh, yeah. He's one of the best players, possibly like the best European player, like you were saying. And I really think uh, Craig Colin Ding's dedication to this team is on display by the fact that he lives in the gamer house with them and just hangs out with them all the time. You know, right. it really he shows a love for the game. He posts a lot of TikToks and a lot of people think this may be just, you know, a corporate stooge coming in to buy something. No, it appears he really enjoys hanging out with teams. Uh, the house, you know, he, uh, they've shown is this beautiful, sprawling mansion complex. And uh, it's really impressive how he has set this thing up. But in a lot of his TikToks, he's showing, you know, they, they're, they're gamers. There's a lot of dirty floors. There's a lot of soda cans. So I'm really interested to see how this team performs on the big stage. Uh, what about some of the other players on uh, SMP? Uh, who do you guys think is they need to have a big game today? Well, we already talked about Yumstack being today's IGL. That's in-game leader for those of you at home who are new to the sport. We also have coming down his second, well, second in command, I would say, is Lunch Pimp. Very oh. experienced veteran gamer. He is clutch when it matters. Not the best-looking gamer on the team here. A lot of his teammates call him Quasimodo. But when it comes to, you know, the nitty-gritty, he's going to have your back. 
You know, yeah, a lot of people have kind of questioned Lunch Pimp, you know, over over the pro scene these last few months. Uh, you know, he, he, he plays with a giant pillow in his lap. He has collect corrective shoes, big yellow glasses to help block out blue light. Most of his hair is falling off. But, you know, when it comes to 1v1, that's where he kind of made his name. He was one of the best 1v1 Bridge of Bastards player. So I'm really excited to see him gel on a team and what he's really capable of. You know, it could be a lot. And next up, we have Digital Freak, another clutch player, a sniper. Yeah, Bridge of Bastards has really uh, leaned into the sniper meta, and we're seeing a lot of guys just post up solitary on the bridge. You Almost like you can think about it as a goalie in other sports. Anytime they're going to send any kind of crushers over, if they're sending any paladins or shamans, the sniper has been the only real proven counter, uh, much to the point that you can't even really move it from your base that much anymore. So Digital Freak is one of the best at that position, but, you know, very conservative, stable player. We've been talking a lot about how this metagame has evolved recently. And, you know, when this game began in 2020, uh, a sniper was sort of a metaphor for maybe something like a trebuchet or an archer. But in recent times, they've just added actual snipers into what was sort of a, a medieval game. And it's really changed the dynamic out there. Well, there was the big Stalingrad update that added a lot of that stuff to the game. And, you know, these bridges, while they are more secure than ever, it really is kind of favors the defense. There are a lot of interesting tricks that you can take to kind of push the other player out of position. And that's what we see with the demo man, they call them subsidies, uh, a late addition to the team. He was added two months ago, but he's really performed well since he's been added. Don't you guys think? Oh, absolutely. Recliner subsidies is a young player, probably the youngest on the team out of both teams today. He is but only he's got a 13 lot of fire. years old. He's actually not allowed to play professionally uh, while they're back home in their native Denmark where the team is stationed. But yes. here in Dubai, they don't have any of those discriminatory anti-age laws. So he is a 12-year-old and he is sitting there and he is ready to go. Yes, indeed. And he's another player that I got a, the chance to speak with earlier today. He told me synaptical we're here to win this. I know it might be young, but I'm ready. And I thought, well, there you have it. <laughs> there you have it indeed. And rounding out the order for SMP, we're going to have combination. Uh, combination with an X. Uh, a lot of people may recognize this name, but not really know much about him. He's always been a kind of low, lower tier ladder player, but in recent months with the support of the team around him, he really has picked up. He's been playing duos with Lunch Pimp a lot, and I feel like he's shown him a lot of the ropes, so he might be a late edition sub. He might be coming in and out of the 4v4 game, but he is a reliable player that can play almost any role. Well, I wanted to just give a quick shout out to the backup players. They are ready to go if need be. Say, you know, unfortunately, injuries do happen in this game. Carpal Tunnel is a killer. But we have the backups, Relinquish and Reminishings, both from Germany. Powerful oh. players, been rested. Two of them on this team were out last year, but they said that they're ready to go and they're healthy. So we wish them luck. Right. And let's maybe go over and take a look at the American team. I'm trying not to be biased here, but I'm really excited to see an American team performing well on the esports grand stage. It, it does fill me with a little bit of patriotic pride. We got the TurboTax All-Stars, which is coached by Grant Stevens, a name you might not be familiar with, but you'll definitely be familiar with what his old username used to be, Hokilla. Hokilla was one of the very first pros on the Bridge of Bastards scene, and he has shifted over to a management role. I'm excited to see what Hokilla... Well, sorry, I, uh, he has requested that we don't call him Hokilla anymore. Uh, uh, Coach Grant Stevens, we're all excited to see what he's got planned. Yeah, you know, I talked to Mr. Stevens uh, earlier today, and he was saying he's really trying to move on from... Uh, perhaps some of the reputation he got uh, playing under that name. But I think, you know, he's in his early 20s now. He's He's got a good head on his shoulders, and he's ready to lead this TurboTax team. Uh, like you were saying, I don't want to be um, biased either toward this team, but I got to say I'm subbed on Twitch to the TurboTax channel 
A lot of really good gaming going on there if you want to check it out. A lot of great gaming going on in that TurboTax channel. Yes, you really should Grant check it out. Stevens, an absolute legend of this scene, has definitely matured over the years, as you stated. Um, I spoke with HK earlier today, and you know he says that he has some regrets, but he's trying to keep going and move forward, as you guys said. You know, many years ago, there was the incident in Anaheim where he was right. arrested, but right. he said that he feels he's paid his dues, and we're excited to have him here today representing North America. You know, we're excited to see these guys come out here, and there's been a lot of smack talk between the right. Europeans and the North Americans, and of I course. love that. I love the smack talk. Of course, and Grant has assured me, you know, in the smack talk, he's gonna, he says, you know, he said, he looked at me today, and he said, recliner? No more Hitler stuff. I'm not going to do any more Hitler stuff or any more race stuff. And he says, I'm not going to say anything that I would say if I was alone in my car. That's how I'm treating this. Uh, so you can really see that he really has emotionally matured. And you know what? If you want to be a long-term professional in esports, you really do have to have that kind of mental approach. It's That's just right. as important as the in-game approach. It's like, you know, he was the type of guy, he would have heated gamer moments even when he was alone in his car because that's how dedicated he is to gaming, right? That, that's right. And F. Gump, uh, your old friend, is going to be the in-game leader for the TurboTax All-Stars. Hamburger, with an X, is going to be shot-calling. Now, you played with him in the in the middle lane for six months. What can you give us in some insights into Hamburger's uh, uh, thought patterns coming into this game? I mean, his APM is probably the best in the game. He's just mashing that phone screen about as fast as I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you worry about him. You look at his thumbs going and hitting that phone, and you think, you know, how long of a career does this guy have? He's making a lot of injury-risky moves at any given time, a really high-velocity player. And sometimes those guys have careers that are, you know, the average esports career is maybe one to two years. Well, you, you know, know he's those, looking uh, like he might wear himself out in six months. Those cryogenic... Uh, things you know what i mean like that those real that real athletes go into that like freeze your joints and shit for like five minutes or whatever he's been putting what? just his hands into those oh wow to really try oh, to like stay on top of it yes indeed hamburger today's igl for tta another player that has in the past suffered injuries because his apm is so high that he's broken screens which i think is a good time to talk about today is the first tournament where iPhones made by Apple or Android operating system phones are not being used. That's Today correct. That's huge. Is history for Bridge of Bastards. No more broken screens for people like Hamburger. He has not to worry. Right, and that's because we're unveiling you know, one of our sponsors of this tournament here, the Dash Bridge of Bastards Invitational, is our good friends at Risco are letting everyone use their prototype model of the Risco Disco mobile phone running the new Risco Obsidian OS. It is a circular-shaped phone. I was able to get my hands on it earlier. It it's almost feels like you're holding, you know, you guys remember CD players? I don't know if you're old enough to remember those. Oh, it, yes. It feels feels like you're holding a CD player in your hand. The screen is nice and big, tons of moves to hit all the inputs. It has a fold-out typing screen for texting. Um, very, very, very great piece of technology. And both teams have been able to practice on these phones for about a month now, so they're all going to be familiar with it as they get into there. Uh, there have been a little bit of kinks that have had to be worked out, but Risco has assured us today that these phones are ready to go and that the match will be completely fair and completely stable. Yes, indeed, Recliner. And that both teams have been training on these phones for many months. Risco has collaborated with Bridge of Bastards and these wonderful teams and players and allowed them to get into the right mindset and know how to use their devices so they can make the plays that's going to win it all. All right, well, let's keep going down. Let's see whose hamburger has to work with here. Coming out and playing the role of Gunker for TTA is going to be Colasticism. Uh, they got him up there in the top spot with his base there and his bridge all set up. And I'm really excited to see what this young guy can do. Well, Colasticism has a lot of experience in this role. You know, playing the Gunker is not easy, but he makes it look like it's nothing else. Like it's preschool for this guy. You know <laughs> what I mean? He's getting all of the diamonds 
immediately upon spawn, he's bringing them right over to the mine and he's doing what he's supposed to do. And I mean, he's pretty good at the espionage role, if I do say so myself. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a little bit flashier than the Gunker. The Gunker is really a kind of, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't get its flowers like a lot of the other role does. The Gunker very rarely gets MVP. The Gunker very rarely is in any of the highlights. But he's getting those mines. He's getting those diamonds. He's flowing all of that gunk into the enemy river. He's getting gunk under the bridge. Um, it really is frustrating to play against, but you're not going to notice as much as a as a fan at home up next we got promotocon now uh f gump i i you're familiar with this guy you were supposed to play go uh on a pro team with him six months ago but that pro team ultimately blew up um can you tell us did you get a chance to scrimmage with the guy did you get a chance to play with him what are your thoughts those two things may be a little bit related because what i would say about promotocon is that He's really quick to make in-game purchases, which I do admire because this game, you're not going to win without no. certain necessary in-game purchases every single round. But right. um, he's a little quick on that that trigger finger making those purchases. So that team kind of didn't get off the ground for financial reasons. But I do think in a high-stakes match like this with a million dollars at stake and a budget from TurboTax backing this team. I think sometimes when some of these other players are going to be a little gun shy around the in-game purchases, he's going to be right there making them. Oh, I, apparently, uh, you know, he's one of the only Bridge of Bastards players that just has his credit card taped to the top of his Risco Disco phone. So he has easy access and that he can just punch in those numbers, uh, you know, and get those purchases. You know, I look at, you know, we talked a lot about, uh, uh, you know, Hamburger's ATM, about certain guys' ATM, but uh, uh, Promotocon is known to verify his in-game purchases within three seconds of the game starting. Uh, I don't know anyone who gets off to a quicker start than that. And he usually unlocks, you know, skins. He gets skins for other players on his team. He kind of works as like the piggy bank for a lot of guys. You know, if it wasn't for Promoticon, I don't think Hamburger would get his Cartman skin unlocked until at least 45 seconds into the game. Yes, indeed. And Promoticon plays that long game role, also playing the role of researcher. He's getting all kinds of tech trees unlocked. He's getting the soda stream early game. That is huge huge. for his IGL hamburger and the gunker even. Really? That's what these teams do together so well is they work in the right roles that they're all good at. They come together for that big win. And that's what I'm hoping to see today. When, when Promoticon gets the soda stream out there, we see Colasticism and Hamburger immediately have their Marines posted up by the soda stream. They're getting the combat buffs. They're getting the sniping buffs. They're getting the disease resistance from the soda stream. It's really hard to kind of imagine this team without Promoticon kind of filling in a lot of the dirty work. But you know, on that other side, though, you know that Yumstack is going to be quick to come in with BDS when he sees that soda stream out there. Like these, this uh, you know, this European team is no slouch over here. Oh, oh, not not at all. I mean, we got combination or subsidies is going to get that soda stream unlocked not far after. Um, usually aiming for a timing push where they can get the soda stream, they can get the marines, and then they can get the shamans unlocked with uh, with uh, uh, bloodlust, and they're going to really just roll in unless they have a solid you know, defense line there. Uh, There's going to be a lot of work done by the TTA sniper today because, you know, the Europeans are known for an aggressive play style. Right, you are. And Digital Freak is also doing his patented Segway rush where he gets all of the infantry segways so they could get to the bridge as quick as possible. So we're going to be rounding out this team, the TTA team, and then we're going to be getting into the match, fellas. Yeah, uh, we have a Formit who is Promoticon's twin brother. You know, they sit right next to each other. They play a very similar role. You know, while we have Promoticon doing a lot of support, a Formit's going to be, you know, probing the edges a little bit. He plays the role of Raider usually, but, you know, I've heard rumors in, you know, in various pro Bridge of Bastards discords that he is going to be playing the role of tech understudy. So he's going to be... St- 
sniping a lot of technology. He's going to be sniping a lot of research from the enemy. He's going to be doing a lot of the espionage role. And most importantly, he's going to build the statue buffs. Those statues, if they get up in your base, those buffs apply to your units on the bridge. So we're really excited to see what they kind of come up with here. Really, to me, it's going to be the European aggression versus the American late game. Well, uh, something that I'd like to say about Aformit and Promoticon and that familial relationship they have, a lot of people uh, feel that maybe this doesn't reflect on their in-game performance, but I think it, it kind of makes a difference that the two of them sit together in like a double wide gamer chair. And some might say that actually could hamper their performance because their arms are kind of like buttoned up against each other. But I think there's something about that familial relationship that it comes through in their play style. Right, right. And, you know, they have a lot of unorthodox kind of behavior on the American team, not really as strict as the European team run by, you know, Craig Colin Ding. A lot of the backups, you know, including Reculiance and Dirge for TTA, you know, those guys only play from a couch. So when we have the pro thing, everybody else is in these gamer chairs and they'll wheel out this giant couch. And Reculiance and Dirge, they just kind of lounge in them in their gym shorts. You know, they hang one leg over the edge while stretching out the other one. They have their hands kind of scratching their nuts the whole time they're playing Bridge of Bastards. It's not really performance you want to see in a pro setting, but these guys are young, and hopefully they're taking this match seriously. Right, you are. And Brickulians, when he's playing in this, he's often been nicknamed the crazy ass of TTA. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's doing kind of a solo kind of play style, but he gets things done. He's getting into the enemy base early on without them even knowing. He is running straight down the middle of the bridge in some games and going for the headshots. What this guy does is very unorthodox, but for some reason, it works. I mean, a lot of... He's unfortunately out today with an injury. Right. You know, a lot of people are going to remember him from last month's Anaheim Classic where he did the streaking maneuver and he distract all of the snipers, all of the uh, 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 all of the junkers, you know, for the uh, other American team. We have their uh, Royal Farms Fried Chicken Gaming. Uh, They were, you know. You know, supposed to be this big hot shot team put together by a lot of tech industry guys. And Reculiance, with his strategies that weren't even considered meta at the time, just ran all over them. He uh, ran right past Silly Boy, who had his hammer right out, aimed and ready. He ran right past him. And uh, the last sub on the lineup, uh, you know, people were afraid that he wasn't going to be able to make it uh, because he had a heart attack yesterday at the age of 21. Crunt apparently is going to be here. So I haven't seen Crunt. He wasn't at the arena earlier today when I was talking to the other players, but I have heard reports that Crunt is going to be eligible to sub in and out. All right. Well, looks like that the players are getting to their stations. And shortly, we're going to be seeing the first Doodash Bridge of Bastards Invitational begin. All right. Let's take a look here. All right. On the east side, with the coach of Holy Lobster, we got Yum Stack Lunch Pimp Digital Freaking Subsidies coming out for the Super Monkey Pirates. Let's hear some noise. And on the west side, we have, you know, coached by Grant Stevens, a.k.a. Ho-Killer, who he does not want to be known by that name anymore. We got Hamburger, Colasticism, Promoticon, and a Formit coming out. And let me tell you what, these guys look serious. They're ready to play. They pop some Adderall. They're drinking coffee. They're locked in. And the coin flip to see who gets to go first. Is it going to land on hamburger or hot dog? And Lunch Pimp has called hot dog, and it is hot dog. All right. They're going to make their moves first, and already we see guys coming out of the break. Lunch Pip is aiming for the center bridge. That's where the majority of its units are moving already, while Digital Freak and Subsidies are building a lot of slaves to help with the early game resources. Interesting decision, guys. Oh, absolutely agree. And on the North American side, we have Hamburger coming in hot already with a hot rod. Pretty big purchase to make early on, but I trust he knows what he's doing. And of course, the format is behind him in tow with his brother in the sidecar on the American chopper. Oh, oh man. man, this is going to get heated. Look at Promoticon. Look how fastly he's entering those credit card numbers. He's already got a Cartman skin. He's already unlocked... <laughs> 
He locked Nico from GTA. Wow, that's an interesting <laughs> choice for the first hero is to get Nico. Of course, done through a promotion with Rockstar Gaming. And uh, Nico appears to be armed with a Glock. Oh. Well, you have to remember that Nico also has the ability to scam the enemy. He can get extra cash to make more purchases. This is a smart move on Promoticon's part. Now, uh, uh, F Gump, I noticed that you were one of the few pros who really loved using Nico in the early game. What do you think his goal is here? Well, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, just while we've been talking, he just added another sidecar to his motorcycle there. And it's, uh, it looks like he's unlocked the Svedka robot. And I think that Nico and the Svedka robot, uh, work together really well. You know, they're both kind of into, you know, guns, liquor, et cetera. It's kind of like a nightlife, nightlife kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, the nightlife kind of thing here. Uh, I think that that's, there's a great synergy between these things that most players don't initially see. And this team is going to take these Europeans by surprise. Yeah, and we've already entered the night phase, and everyone knows the Svedka robot during night gives everyone a buff. So that's really going to help Nico, especially if he's in that uh, sidecar position. He's able to take pot shots the entire time. And this is really interesting from the Europeans here. Zubsidies is already dumping nuclear waste underneath the opponent's castle marsh. That's an interesting move. That's going to slow down some of the assaults early on, aren't this? Isn't it? Oh, well, here's the thing, though. It could backfire. It's seeping into the water in the moat, and that's going to turbocharge those fish in there, uh, Huge which are misplay. under the control oh, wow. of the TurboTac All-Stars. So I think that might be a big mistake. That's a huge misplay. The Americans have to take advantage of that. Unfortunately, they're having a little trouble getting Nico into the marsh. I think they might redirect him towards the bridge. They only have about five minutes left on this night buff until it really hits daytime again. Uh, but we're seeing some interesting movement here at the bottom of the map with a format. It appears his slaves are going to build a zoo now that's interesting he's gonna get happiness amenities from that but uh i'm not really seeing how that's gonna play off that's more of a late game move well we're also seeing subsidies is going for that swamp trying to cut off the americans he just spawned boris johnson who can make that a protected zone that's dangerous that's because if the americans enter that they're going to be imprisoned Right, right. I mean, they're going to have to wait. They're going to have to do petitions. Uh, you know, what we're seeing, the Americans are unlocking very few civic tech. You can see that Promoticon is mostly going into the research tech, but there's not a lot of civics being done here. Um, hopefully that, you know, it, it seems like he's doing a very standard early game decision. He's building a highway between all four of the castles to the bridge. That's really going to help late game, but, you know, with uh, Europeans kind of attacking the marsh and keeping that protected. We're really seeing a defensive beginning here. Let's take a look wait, at the center bridge here. Of, yeah, speaking of this defensive tech that SMP is taking, I want to draw attention to Digital Freak. He's just made an in-game purchase for a bunch of GTA strippers, and they've distracted Nico completely. They're doing the GTA stripper dance, and he's completely spellbound. Like, uh, the TTA is just has no idea what to do right now. And not only that, not only did he unlock the strippers, he appears he bought the Dougie. The strippers are currently doing the Dougie. Wow. I mean, we're looking at this. We expected people to put, you know, 1000 2000 into it. In this game, they've already sunk $7,000 in the first couple I mean, minutes. When there's a million you know, on the line, that's nothing, you know? That's nothing when there's a million online. We're going to see how high they go, I guess. But uh, Yes, indeed. Powerful moves coming from the Americans circling back around to the swamp. Boris Johnson is down. Yes, indeed. The Americans have bought the Lincoln lawyer who is defeated in overtaking that area. Oh, wow. The Lincoln lawyer. I mean, we've seen Lincoln lawyers that have victories early game be able to hold down civic regions like the marsh for the rest of the match. It'll be interesting to see if the Europeans go to reclaim it or if they simply focus most of their attention on the bridge, which it looks like. Like they're doing as lunch pimp has bought the wicked witch of the west oh wow the wicked witch is very powerful and can really clear a lot of roads well it looks like the europeans are rolling in with the panzer faust it's going to be a big hit for the americans if they can't get out of the way on that bridge but coming in from the south there we have Colasticism, and he's rigging everything up that he needs to because he has just purchased a year supply of c4 and that's big that's big. because the europeans 
have no counter to that for the moment. No, but you know the question is who are they who are they going to get to carry it? Because you know in a lot of early game decisions like this, you get the Cossacks, and the Cossacks can carry that all the way and colonize other parts of the bridge. But uh, I'm not seeing that move being done here. They're still focusing a lot on civic techs. You know what? I think it is they're you know they're they're hoping to unlock capitalism. They're going for an early game capitalism rush. Yes, and we can see that the Europeans are trying to build up their tech trees as quick as possible, maybe not as quickly as the Americans can at times, but it looks like if I'm, I don't know if you can help me out with this, F-Gun, but it looks like they're building towards Osama bin Laden. Pretty smart move, but you know, can he hold up by the time the Americans are finished with their builds? You know, we've been talking about the defensive tech that this game is taking, and I'm looking at TTA's main bridge, and it looks like they've got their probe building a bunch of rows of pylons in front of the bridge to slow down the opponents, and they've got a bunch of lurkers buried underground there, too, to just snipe at them, you know? You know, and that seems like a good strategy now that they're, you know, kind of holding off, but they're playing so defensive. I don't even think they're going to be able to scout that the Americans are building towards mustard gas right now. Aformit just bought the research facility and he purchased Oppenheimer and that guy's going to be researching up a storm uh, that mustard gas is looking to come out in two minutes. If they don't have an answer for it, those lurkers are gone. Well, if you'll notice though well, on TTA's looks- side, they've purchased Austin Powers, who is actually a reskin of the scientist who develops the mustard gas. So I think they're just a step behind him here. Yeah, it looks like they're just going to match each other pretty evenly though, but still I mean, this match seems to be everything we anticipated and more. This is some high-level play that we really haven't seen. You know, in a lot of even casual games of Bridge of Bastards, these games will be over in, you know, 30, 35 seconds. You know, if you have one person who's willing to, you know, purchase Cartman's, purchase Scott Tenderman, somebody who's willing to get Bald Eagles or willing to get Space Marines, then you're going to see quick games. But with both teams spending so much money, it looks like we're locked in for the long haul. You know, those decisions of going for the late game may have not have been too stupid on the behalf of the Americans. Uh, and it looks like that Yumstack just got a huge chest in the jungle there. He just picked up the golden ball, which will allow him to spawn the Harlem Globetrotters, oh, wow. give the Americans a little taste of their own medicine. That is huge for for the Europeans. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they counter this. Uh, F. Gump, if you were still playing, what would be your move to counter that? Well, my counter would be to unlock Goku and just go for broke with an all-out assault. You know, Goku costs, you know, two, $3,000 to unlock. Do you really see them spending that much money this early? I mean, I think the stakes are already climbing higher and higher, and the quicker you get Goku out there, the more you're going to just devastate those defenses and kind of bring this thing home. You know, we, we were worried that, you know, TurboTax wasn't going to be as, you know, willing to spend as much as, you know, Craig Collin Ding, but we see the credit card out there, and they have begun purchasing Goku. Goku will be on the map in 30 seconds. This is a timing push because the second he spawns, we're going to see a lot of melee combat, a lot of unarmed combat upgrades hit. Uh, If Goku is able to use stim packs, he should be able to get through all those lurkers and all those pylons. And keep in mind, the mustard gas will not affect him as they have gotten the Goku skin with the N95. So (laughs) big plays coming up. And then you have Grant Stevens, Hokilla, the coach for the Americans, it looks like that he's asking to bring in Skip Bayless. Now, that's a controversial pick, in my opinion, because if the other team notices that they're doing that, it's over for the the Americans. But I have a feeling that Hokilla has something up his sleeve here. People have criticized Hokilla for saying that's a troll pick, that he does that when he's ahead. And, uh, you know, he's been adamant on message boards on everything, saying that, you know, Skip Bayless is a great, great pick that he can really disturb the game. He really, if you know how to use him and put him in the right places, he can completely distract a single castle's workers and they won't be able to get any resource mining done. They won't get any diamonds. They won't be able to harvest any sludge or berries. And as we all know, your number one consideration as a pro gamer in this game needs to be protect your berries. Yes, indeed. And Hokilla has been in the past, as we said before, a controversial person in general. You know, his incident where he had to apologize to the Armenian country and his comments towards them. But it seems today that he is focused and therefore his team. So we're hoping to see some 
real grit from the Americans today. I hate to say it, but I am biased, and I want to see these Europeans sweat. You know who I want to see come out? I want to see if anyone's going to play Ronald McDonald this game. If you get Ronald McDonald, you get a couple paladins for the auras, and you get a single druid to cast sleep, you get anything. Ronald McDonald has so much melee combos that with every successive hit, he does more and more damage. That a single Ronald McDonald, if you let him fight for more than 30 seconds straight, he will level an entire castle. He will take an entire bridge himself. You know, we've been talking about well, what an expensive game this is becoming, but I see a format over here. Very interesting strategy. He's cashing in his coins for gems at a rate of 2.1 to 1, and he's going over to the market, and he's changing those gems into rubies. And he's noticed that the rate on rubies right now at the market is actually advantageous to get those oh, wow. into diamonds. And he's going to transfer those diamonds into cash, like actual cash, and he's going to make more purchases. Oh man, if 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 the Europeans don't catch this and see that these great deals going on, you can see right now Zubsidies, he's kind of looking at his screen freaking out a little bit. He's trying to buy as many rubies as he can, but you know, he was a little late. I mean, the Americans got almost all of that, you know, for a steal. The Europeans were able to counter it a bit at the end there by purchasing some rubies of their own, but the market has spoken. That that is going to be a big advantage for the Americans. Yes, indeed, and you can see the Europeans are quickly harvesting silver as well as their fields of agave that's a rapid rate and if i have an idea of what they're going for here is they're going to try to get jonah and the whale which will be a huge counter to the americans because that's a massive wisdom buff right that's there. that's a massive wisdom buff and if you place that whale in the marsh it will also take over the lincoln lawyer and then that whole you know arena starts opening up again. But right now we're seeing the majority of combat taking place in the jungle as George of the Jungle has been unlocked and he is going insane on some fire bats. Oh, wow. He is absolutely tearing through those bats. And this is dangerous because if they don't come after him right now, then he's going to get to at least the, I'm sure... I mean, he could get into their castle alone. If he gets his ultimate and he summons Jane, then it, we might just have a short game here. I was even blindsided by that. I didn't even see them building George. Yeah, this is all, this speaks to Digital Freak's just skill and his precision, where George of the Jungle is a grass type. He should be uh, getting su taking super effective hits from those fire bats, but somehow he's dodging every single one with just such precise and quick clicking. It, it, it really is very impressive how those attacks are just flowing by him. You know, uh, they chose to retreat. It looks like the Europeans are going to take the jungle a little bit there. We're going to see if they're, are they going to press this attack or are they going to let George heal up? They got Austin Powers on the rope, so who knows? They need to make a decision quickly. You know, I see TTA has well, just made uh, a very interesting play over here. Uh, Colasticism has just unlocked Vegeta and they're trying to get Vegeta and Goku to talk to each other about fusing. Oh, well, guys. Well, that's a, that's a big cost to get those two to fuse. That's probably a little bit too much time for the amount of pressure they have on them right yeah, now. But and it it's looks a like Vegeta is refusing to, to fuse with Goku because he's too proud. Oh, well, guys. if you can't get Vegeta to fuse with Goku, they can at least spawn Heathcliff, which is a decent buff to Goku for the time being. Well, take a look here. It looks like Lunch Pip is spread out to the desert here. A lot of people don't even scout that. Wow, he's going for an early glass rush. That's uh, that's very interesting there. He's going to... Uh, what's he going to do with all that glass he's harvesting? Well, oh, I think look, look, you can see it right now. Combination has built a bottling factory. It looks like they're making Budweiser beer. Now, if they get that out, that's going to completely trump all of the SodaStream buffs. If they can get that Budweiser beer onto their aircraft carriers, that is huge. They'll be able to carry it across and around the enemy base, supplying their northern forces with so much. I mean, that's one of the biggest buffs in the game. And if they can pull it off, then... It's over. Well, for a and game uh, Dubai, uh, as defensive as this one, I think that's a little bit of an aggro move because, uh, as you know, glass is less recyclable than the aluminum cans. And if they go through all these Budweiser beers and they need to recycle them, they're going to get less resources back on the tail end, and that could hurt them down the line. Yeah, but if we look at the Americans right now, um, you know, Promoticon is still on Zeppelin tank. They're still in steampunk era level technology. Uh, we're seeing a lot of Victorian hats and like, 
sniper rifles with gears on them, if we get an aircraft car- carrier rush with Budweiser beer support, they could spend the rest of their berries on Zerglings and have a very simple rush that would just go from the marsh to the jungle. And they'd have center of the map control without having to worry about anyone flanking them. This is a big move here. Yes, indeed. And you can see here, I don't know if the other team have even considered it, but it looks like they are building into the, the tree for Jerry Bruckheimer Entertainment. That's a huge morale <laughs> boost. Along with the aircraft carrier and the Budweiser beer, it's probably going to be a bloody bloody finale here. Well, it looks like and, Goku uh, and Heathcliff have commandeered a Zeppelin from SMP, but uh, the two of them are not the brightest, you know. They're just having fun driving around in this Zeppelin. They don't seem to be doing anything productive. Yeah, uh, it might be a huge mistake here for the Americans. You can see they're taking the Zeppelin all the way up to the tundra, which, the, you know, the Europeans haven't even scouted. Nobody's even scouted the tundra yet. That's more of a late-game area. So we'll see what they end up doing. If they drop here and make a move south through the marsh, that could be huge. But I'm not seeing it. Wait, big substitution coming through right now. Crunt is switching out for a format. What could that mean? The crowd is going nuts. They are standing up, giving this young man. Just yesterday, he was in the hospital, and he told his teammates, I'm gone. I'm gone. Just play without me. But here he is, and he is instantly going for the yummy coins oh man he is they must have been waiting on this yeah they swapped out a lot of the gunk work now and it looks like he's building towards all rating it looks like there's going to be some american counterattack coming up here i'm just hoping that heathcliff and goku can get there in time you see actually uh, kind of expecting an attack to come smp is doing something very interesting they're narrowing their bridge they must be, oh, there must be some reason that they feel that the, the, the previous strategy wasn't working for them. I know Goku and Heathcliff are coming in from sort of an aerial perspective, so maybe they figure the bridge isn't so important right now. They want to focus on air defenses. Well, you can see that by subbing out a format, uh, the sniper position has been vacated. Right now, they have the least you know uh, security on their bridge. It looks like they're trying to win the rest of the map. And most importantly here, we have a Hell's Angels rush by a... By a Crunt, a Hell's Angels rush is coming in, and he has equipped them with metal chains that they're whipping around. It's a road rash style hit. Let's see where and they you take can this. See the, you can see SMP's response quickly. They have spawned three Chinas. I don't know how they could afford that, but those three Chinas, they are powerful chicks, and they are going to stand their ground against those Hell's Angels. Oh, there's and no their way they break that. Like, I don't know. The Hell's Angels don't have a lot of support on this. Normally, that'd be something you give the odd to the Hell's Angels, but without a sniper, without any gunkers, and you just have raiders hitting the bridge, I don't know if this is going to go through. Let's see what else they have planned as they kind of go. And they are building the circus tent. That is interesting. They are building the circus tent. Wow. If they could get three elephants along with those Hell's Angels, that is a massive move. Uh, guys, I'm just looking at the, the notes here. F Gump, what do you think of this? It, the Europeans, SMP has spent over $400,000 on this game already, while the Americans have only spent about three hundred and fifty. dollars uh, Is that enough to mean that the Europeans are just going to wipe them over? I mean, at this point, there's no going back. I think the Americans might have to spend a little bit more. Uh, you know, maybe they can do it uh, at, a, at a slightly lower margin, but... This is going to come down to who's willing to who like who wants it more, you know. And even the Americans somehow have somehow spent less, even though I'm looking at their bridge right now, and it looks like Promoticon has just spent about two hundred dollars to turn their bridge Jay Z blue. It looks really oh, cool, wow. but it does nothing. It's purely cosmetic change. Um, it does look really cool, but the Europeans have responded and they have purchased their bridge to be Jay Z green oh, from the Jay Z line of colors packages that we released in March and. Uh, well, Recliner and Gump, this is a mental game that both of these teams are playing at this moment, and it seems that the Europeans are going ham. They have just purchased the Impractical Jokers, and they're going to be bringing them out to demoralize the Americans, and that is not good if I'm hamburger if i'm ho killer my team no, no. is in danger and, and it'll be interesting to see where they spend the jokers a rookie mistake is to split up the jokers and that doesn't work he is marching all four of the jokers towards the bridge it looks like they're gonna have a standoff with the hell's angels really interested to see how this plays out there's been a lot of uh 
leather jacket armor upgrade. So a lot of those units utilize the leather armor. That's going to be pretty big. These these impractical jokers are going to buy a lot of time for them, though. Yes, indeed. And if they could break that bridge down, that's not the end of the game necessarily, but that's a massive hit. And if they can control two bridges, they're going to gain the ability to buy world peace and then it's over but that's a big buy that's a more big than buy. a million dollars yeah which they're playing for i mean it'll be interesting if anyone makes that decision considering the prize money is only going to be a million uh this might be a thing that you know nobody makes any money and we're just playing for pride at this point you know there's a lot of people watching a lot of twitch subs at stake maybe they think it's worth it i don't know uh f gump when you were playing the most anyone spent on a pro game was about two thousand dollars what do you think that means for the game that all of a sudden there's this much money being spent on into it? Again, I think it speaks to the state of this meta where things have gotten so much more complicated, so much more defensive, and you really got to play the long game where games are going to get more and more expensive as the players get better and better at using these resources at their control. And, you know, I was lucky when I was starting out to have uh, Coach Johnny Rotten in my corner and he would spend, you know, three, four grand on a game easy every couple weeks, you know? Oh, hold on a second here. We have a counter push coming in from the Hells Angels are pushing back on the Impractical Jokers. The Impractical Jokers are telling the Hells Angels, asking them if they've seen a restaurant where they serve poop. The Hells Angels have bought it. They are circling around. The Chinas are, are all vomiting. Them. They are puking off the bridge. They are falling over. It looks like the Europeans are going to take this but battle right look here. At, look at this. While this has been going on, the Americans have snuck into the forest and they purchased Rip Van Winkle and he is asleep. Rip Van Winkle is asleep in the forest. I don't know how they take that back. How did they let that if, one slip? If the Europeans can't wake him up, then that forest is lost for good. And that is a massive backdoor for the Americans. You have Promoticon firing away with those credit cards, making monster purchases right now. He just bought three, I tell you, three different franchises of Subway. He's going to be feeding his soldiers for low costs, and they all get it for free for the rest of the game. And whoa, did you guys see this? Whoa, down there in the jungle? Oh, yeah. Yeah, George is back. He's swinging what in What is George doing? He's fighting the Iron Giant. Oh, wow. I really thought they were going to concede the jungle, especially after the forest fell. But no, it looks like they're pushing in the Iron Giant to take that back from the Americans. That is incredibly interesting. And he's got over 40 Hydralisks with him. The Focus Fire, George of the Jungle Camp, dodged them all. He is going down and looks like the Iron Giant is clear-cutting the forest. That's really going to boost their Zeppelin production. Oh, and coming to the mountains, you can see Lunch Pimp has brought out his main, Jiminy Glick. Oh. That is not good if I'm the Americans. They know that he is a sniper with Glick. They know that they can't do anything against they him. They already have if the they impractical don't have Poundstone. It, it's not looking good, and he is going to be coming down quick. He's using his speed boost. Gemini is flying is across flying. the map right wow. now. They have just spent over $3,000 on speed boost for them to get there as fast as possible. You know, that's interesting. And, that's interesting. And he's coming down. And, oh, my God. Colasticism with the headshot on Gemini. Oh like he's God. down. He is out. He was supposed to I change can't the believe whole it. thing. Wow. Ah, that was looking like a guaranteed win for the Europeans with Jiminy Glick and the Impractical Jokers. And now they're just completely down. Uh, F Gump, if you were in this position, what would you do? Well, Jiminy Glick, uh, you, you had to see that headshot there. His head went flying clear off into the water. If I'm the Americans, I'm going to go retrieve that head from the moat and maybe uh, create, like, turn it into a phylactery for... Or you could make a Frankenstein. They could build a Frankenstein. They have the tech tree. Yeah, but is the... Is the cult tech there? Are they going to be able to get Banamarco, King of Worms? Are they going to be able to get a lesser lich? It's really tough to say, especially since now the Americans are seizing the advantage. The impractical jokers have just been thrown off the bridge. 
They only got the Chinas and the pylons as a back line. They need to reinforce that quick. And as you guys remember, as we saw in Atlanta two years ago, if you have Vern Troyer's body in Jiminy Glick's head, you can have a massive advantage over the other team. Unfortunately, we are not going to see that today. It looks like the head will go towards another cause, but the Europeans are recuperating. It looked like they're a little bit panicked at that massive blow to their team but they're coming back. It looks like they're building towards another stadium and they're going to be starting a new sports league. So that will at least kind of flatten things out. They're going to uh, go for even here. Hold on. You see Crunt's leading the charge. Crunt is kind of squirming around in his seat though. And yeah, he's calling for a timeout. There's no timeouts. They're going to have to swap him out with dirge. Crunt has just shit his pants. Crunt shit. His pants, he's got to go. He's going backstage. They're dragging him off the stage. He can't move because his pants are loaded. They are loaded. Dirge is going to be coming in, and this is not a bad thing for the Americans to swap out people when they can. Dirge is a little bit more direct with his play style, but calculated. Yeah, and they're they're bringing in Dirge now. The Europeans see this. They subbed out subsidies with Reminishing Z. So that's going to be pretty good. You can see Reminishing is coming on the stage right now. He is incredibly high. He did not think he'd be playing this game. His eyes are incredibly red. He is sitting down. Reminishing looks like he can't even see his monitor, but his APM is on fire. Oh he my is God, blowing he must be in through the, the forest. Oh my God, he is researching reggae tech. He went right into it. That might completely change around possession of the bridge. If he can build a dance hall on the bridge and move a lot of Marleys in there, that's going to be something that's going to be hard to change. I'm excited to see where this is going. Well, TTA sees him over there in the jungle, though, and I see they've just set the whole jungle on fire. It's going to be really tough for SMP to come back from this. That's going to ruin Digital clear Freak cutting. is backing him up, though. He's seeing what he's doing. He's coming in and spawning the, the wonderful dandies. They're going to be coming in on the front line to sing their ditties three. Oh, the, the Americans got to put in their earplugs. Wait, yeah, you got to see what the, SMP is doing about this fire. Lunch Pimp just spawned uh, Jack B. Nimble, and he just jumped over the fire. But that's going to be a huge, like, 700 gem bonus. That's going to allow oh them to the buy so many more The flame is still alive. Units. If that candle wick went out, it would have been over, but it is still alive. He cleared it with ease, and the Americans are going to be panicking as this comes to an end here. Oh, it looks like they're researching public radio. They're going to go for the wait, wait, don't tell me build. Oh, man, that's going to be coming in. If they get Alonzo Bowden unlocked and they get him fully buffed up with lots of riffs and zingers, then, you know, you thought the impractical jokers on that bridge were bad. Alonzo Bowden's going to get all of the Chinas to immediately vacate, immediately get The KO'd. Americans have a quick counter to that. If they think on their toes here, they could get Andy Rooney, but that's a big cost. He's about $5,000 USD, but the Americans just might think it's worth it. Uh, they're kind of going for a budget response here. They have just bought a couple Plymouth Prowlers and they're going to run those alongside the bridge. Obviously, the Plymouth Prowlers are great against snipers, but they're, and, and their weakness is melee units. But if he can get the Plymouth Prowlers and just rush at the enemy catapults and the enemy trebuchets, at least take out a couple shamans and a couple druids, then those units are going to be worth it. But they have to do something to answer, and it looks like they're grasping at straws here. Uh, well, a former is seeing his brother's purchases, and he's responding by using a swap out of corn to get the three blind mice. That's going to be a good counter against Jack B. Nimble. Well, if they send them to the forest, but even the forest fire, you know, is raging. A lot of the resources of that are going to be down. Uh, but, you know, luckily, the, the when the forest fire reaches Rip Van Winkle, they're going to have to figure out what to do because that universal buff has been helping them a lot. I, I'm really excited what they're going to see, but it looks like they're bringing in the F-35s. Well, that's going to be huge, especially if they're buffed with the Budweiser beer. You know, the F-35s, they cost about, you know, 7000 8000 each. And it looks like they're, wow, they're massing them here. They are building eight of the F-35s. Uh, really don't know what the answer for that's going to be other than building F-35s of your own. But, you know, it doesn't look like the Americans are going that route at all. It looks like the Americans are going for some sort of Chuck E. Cheese build here. Wait, no. Yeah, Very strange. hold up. It looks like the Americans have spawned the Billy Goat's Gruff to eat up all these resources that SMP has been exploiting. It's oh, great Rip Van Winkle right is base. awake. 
Oh man, the forest That's fire. That's not good is out. for the Americans. The marsh. I didn't even notice this. The marsh has been almost completely drained by Jonah and the whale, and it looks like they have completely taken over the Lincoln lawyer. The marsh is wide open again. It just turns. You know, there's a lot of weak points in everyone's defense right now. I feel like almost any coordinated strong attack would win the game at this point. That's a tight spot for the Americans, but thankfully, Promotocon just finishes building of the Hard Rock Cafe. The Americans are now. Going to be able to do free solos on everyone on the map at once. If they hit their alt, that's going to be taking out the impractical jokers. It's going to take out the Chinas and probably a lot more. Wait, you know, look at this. Oh, go ahead. It's been a minute since we checked in on that Zeppelin, and it looks like Hamburger has gotten Goku to agree to fuse with Heathcliff. This might be a game changer for the Americans. Yeah, it just depends which depends on which stat bonuses they go for it. You know, they do a randomized kind of merging of traits, and if Goku inherits any of Heathcliff's famous laziness, then you know this unit isn't going to be as yeah. strong as they might think. They'll have to spend another four thousand uh, to re-roll. Heathcliff's laziness combined with Goku's gluttony could be disastrous for them. Yeah, I mean, people call that the Garfield build, and it works if you run, you know, a forest where you've built a couple diners in. But right now, he doesn't have any of that stuff available. But well, yeah, let's, let's see, see how this, uh, started this fusion the turns out. Uh, oh, it looks like, wait, it looks more like Heathcliff, but it's a uh, take on the color of Goku's robes. It's just an orange cat. And he looks lazy and gluttonous. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Or they're going to have to, oh, they've already put $10,000 into the re-roll, but still, that's going to eat up a couple minutes as this marsh is being stormed again by Marge Simpson. Oh, man, I haven't seen a late-game Marge build come in, but they gave her one of the Needler guns from Halo. Absolute old-school move, but that is the right move to make at this time. They're going to have to make a fast counter, maybe with a Blu-ray player, maybe with... I mean, it's crazy for me to say, but you might need to bring in normal. Well, you know, people have that kind of money set. But then again, that's a very season three build. I don't know if people have really, you know, people know how to counter that stuff already. People have been playing the game as long as these guys have. They already know the built-in counters. I'm hoping to see something new here. Uh, It looks like they're building towards a spice build. They might get Paul Atreides in there. Now, that would be huge. The Quitsets Hatterack would be coming in and wiping out Marge Simpson. That would be good for that team. But what I'm seeing here in the western part of the map is a little bit of a party is creeping up towards the enemy bridge. It looks like the Americans have absolutely, completely snuck their Harlem Globetrotters across the map without the Europeans even having a whiff of it. Oh, yeah. And honestly, the only thing the Europeans have in that area is a couple Zerglings and Marilyn Monroe, and she immediately goes down to the Harlem Globetrotters, immediately gets wiped out. You can see them pushing past the desert. Wow, a lot of people didn't defend this area, and a lot of people never defend this area in pro games, but really, that is a long-term sneak attack. It's really paying off for these guys here. And the action at the bridge has just been going on and on and on. They got grave digger is driving all over the bridge right now oh my god china's down all three chinas are down the circus elements are not the circus elephants are not looking good either we got a whole match here and wait who's driving grave digger oh wow that's they got they did it they made a move that ho killer is cringing at because that's something that you know he wanted to pull off himself that's oj simpson driving the grave digger yeah, you can see the White Bronco is still unvacated in the base. If Gravedigger gets destroyed, he can go right to the right White Bronco and still be effective. You know, yeah, the Europeans were not seeing this coming. Yeah, earlier in the game, we saw them narrow that bridge, but now it's backfiring where there's still just enough space for Gravedigger to run roughshod over that. Yeah, they put down some C4 to try to, you know, capture OJ Simpson there, but they can't put it down unless he vacates the area. He's just doing donuts right now. They're not able to touch him. Hopefully, they're able to get some artillery in there in a second, you know, get something, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Billy Billy Goat's Gruff can't do anything with this American push. Well, it looks like the Europeans are going to have to make an executive decision right here. Oh, the top of their tower is glowing. You know what that means? That is a brand new Titan spawning. Yep. 
And how are the Americans going to react? They are going nuclear here, folks. Yeah. It's now or never. And the Americans realize this. They have just built the Eternal Toilet. The Eternal Toilet's the biggest unit in the game. Uh, You know, if they get near that toilet, it might be game over for them. That's a huge defensive move considering they were, you know, pretty close to winning, I felt like. This is a little bit of uh, poor sportsmanship here, perhaps. But the Americans are getting a little cocky. It looks like Primoticon has just paid to play Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling. Uh, across the whole map and both teams just got to listen to this song on loop because he paid about $700 into the jukebox to hear this again and again. Oh yeah, and you can see he's queued it up multiple times. Three, four, goat yeah, somebody I need to know, hoser. Wow, he's really just laying it in there. I want to take a look, quick look at the money totals. This is one of the latest, longest Bridge of Bastards games you've ever seen. It looks both teams have spent over a million now. The Europeans have spent $1.3 million on this game to get the titan spawn the americans have spent over 1.2 million they're meeting them every step of the way it's interesting to see how this is going to go down i don't know neither team has that many resources left and the europeans see the americans spawning the american uh, the eternal toilet by i'm sorry and they are spawning that titan it is finishing up now that is a big buy in the top of their tower and it is oh my god it is the universal uncle They are giving the Americans a taste of their own medicine. He's coming out. He's giving pink bellies. He's giving titty twisters. He's roughhousing. The roughhousing tech is insane right now. Level four roughhousing. There's nothing the Americans can do. How do they counter this? He's getting closer and closer. The Europeans are kind of showboating a little too now. It looks like they've paid for a Leroy Jenkins sound alert, and they keep playing that again (laughs) and again. Oh, and Yumpsack is going first person mode in the Universal Uncle. He is driving it himself. Folks, this is like the Power Rangers. They're all climbing into the, into the limbs and controlling it together. They are rushing the bridge right now. And, and there's very few counters to this. It looks like the Americans are going to win. I don't know, understand. Or it looks like the Europeans are going to win. Wait, wait. The American techs have spawned Manny Marco and he has, revi- he has resurrected the Impractical Jokers. We have undead Impractical Jokers. Wow, they are amusing. On the American the side, the uncle that is, is going not nuts. good. The uncle loves the American, the impractical jokers. That's a complete neutralization. His, his deep belly laughs are completely debilitating to the ground units on their team. They are falling over laughing as well. It is contagious. The Europeans have shot themselves in the foot with the universal uncle because the Americans have taken those impractical jokers and used them against them. But the Americans have no offense. Those impractical jokers are a defensive neutralizing units. They spent their last gems on that. They don't have any berries left. They have no room to build. The Europeans are in the same way. They have no more silver. The forest is burned down. The marsh has been drained. They're not getting any resources earlier. It looks like we have some sort of stalemate here it's coming to the it's coming down to the ropes here and oh looks like that grant stevens is being escorted off of the stage when going to reach for his gun he is not i've never seen anything like this before grant stevens aka hope killer says that was all past him he was beyond that this is horrible for the americans if they don't have their leader hamburger looks like he's gonna have to step into the role and and i don't know what's gonna happen folks but this is the craziest game i've ever seen yeah i mean crunch in his pants reculiance apparently never even made it he's asleep backstage the europeans are sweating you know they smell like coffee and red wine i don't understand how this is gonna end holy lobster fell asleep so you know this is as anyone's game as far as i'm concerned but i just don't see how either team wins here it's going to have to come down to who has the most gems at this point. The person who runs out first is going to lose, but it looks like they are ticking down at the exact same pace. What? Oh my God. They're, they're both out of gems. Oh, yeah. They just both, the Americans just spent all of their last gems on shadow, the hedgehog. And he is wearing some air foam Nike composite dunks. That is a very expensive buy. That goes to 1.4 million, but they have no gems left. If Shadow can't do it, I don't understand. They didn't even have enough money to buy Shadow a gun, his famous handgun that he uses. While the Europeans, the the universal uncle is completely neutralized and they have spent their last money on uh, what a John Wayne. Yeah. What appears to be John Wayne, you know? The Duke himself, the the Europeans have really thrown at the Americans' face today by purchasing some of their top, top units. And it looks like that. Hold on a second. Is this the first draw? 
Yeah, it, it, John Wayne and Shadow the Hedgehog squared up and they knocked each other out in one punch. It's completely neutralized. They have no more offensive units. That's a stalemate. We That's are a getting draw. word from the judges. This is a draw. This is a, this is incredible. This is incredible. We've never seen this happen in the history of Bridge of Bastards, folks. A total of $2.7 million was spent in combination of both teams for a $1 million cash prize, which is not going to be given out now. Wow. That is a strange ending to Bridge of Bastards. I have never seen anything like that. F you know, Gump, you have can, you? You can already uh, predict some of the conversations we're going to be seeing on social media. You know, this game has already faced allegations of being pay to win. And I think this game definitively disproves that because no one has ever paid this much and then come out with no winner. So I think those kind yes. of allegations are completely unfounded. And what we're seeing is just an evolution of this game toward a new meta that, uh, you know, maybe these players put in a little too much money. Maybe they didn't put in enough money. I think they're going to need to take some Absolutely time to retool the strategy. agreed with you, Gump. These teams came out today and they gave it their all playing at the top of their game. And I like to say that this game, yes, you can pay money to win if you want at home, but today proved, if anything, money doesn't matter. It's all about skill, strategy, and the way you use your brain right. and work with your teammates. And these teams both proved that today. I'm very proud to have casted this today and see both these teams playing. It's been an honor. These guys are the best in the world. It was a great game from Colasticism Snipe of Jiminy Glick that blew his heads off. You know, to the Manny Marco build that raised the Impractical Jokers to stop the Universal Uncle. I mean, there's been so many individual great plays. The Rip Van Winkle, the Lincoln Lawyer, you know, the early Boris Johnson. Uh, I just want to say that this is one of the best games of Bridge of Bastards I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, they'll certainly be talking about it for years to come. Uh I just want to know where that million dollars is going, you know? Hey, how about to throw a little of that our way? Well, it appears that they, both teams are heading towards the trophy ceremony now, or, uh, you know, Mohammed bin Salman is going to present the trophy to himself and give himself a million dollars. And he says, better luck, better luck next year. So, uh, uh, interesting decision by the tournament, but, uh, you know, I guess you got their place, their rules. <laughs> We'd like to thank our sponsors today, Risco, the new Risco Disco, the first circular phone. We want to thank Doodash for putting on the first official Doodash Bridge of Bastards Invitational. We want to thank the beautiful city of Dubai to allow us to use the Dubai Pepsi Dome and allow for this amazing, amazing event to happen. Yeah, I guess that will be Synaptical Recliner and F Gump signing off. Uh, make sure to su uh, support your pro scene. Anyone has any comments or questions, check out our Discord. And I guess we will see you next year. Uh, hopefully we have another Invitational next year. And I would love to see another rematch between SMP and TTA, the Super Monkey Pirates and TurboTax All-Stars. But who knows? All right. That for the Doodash Bridge of Bastards Invitational, this is Synaptical Recliner and F Gump signing off. Have a great day and remember, stay a bastard. Yeah.